Hi everyone and welcome to the Imprint Podcast. Today my guest is Lola and I'm your host Shanae. Hey Lola. Hey Shanae. How you doing? I'm good, thanks. Good. Yeah. How was your day? Uh, it was alright. Uh, yeah, just loads of work and then looking forward to this. So, yeah. Felt a bit nervous, but happy to be here. So, you're amongst friends. Hi, guys. Hi, friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lola, so tell everybody who you are and what you do. Um, so, my name's Lola Okwiga and I am founder of Wonder and we, like, work with different brands and retailers to collaborate and curate and create, like, amazing kind of cultural moments that kind of work with women or black people to make fashion a bit more exciting and fun. Well, that is the new wave, so thank you mm. for creating such a space. Well, I mean, I'm trying. Well, <laughs> you started, Thanks. so you'll see it through. So, you know. Okay, slightly segue, mm -hmm. but tell me when your first lover trainers started and which were your first go-to pair. So, I grew up in Birmingham and my parents were always very clear that I was never gonna, they would never buy me branded trainers. So I had like Top Tech, I had like Lugs, I had like Nicks, right. like basically anything that was off brand. Yep. I was allowed anything that was Nike, Addy, whatever, forget about it. Yep. So for me, obviously that made it more like I have to get some trainers, like mm -hmm. proper trainers. And my first pair was Adidas Galaxies, which I think at the time were like the best selling trainer of all time, units wise or something. And then I got some 95s because I think they're in the sale. Um, Do you remember how much you paid for those? Do you know what? I don't because actually, I think my auntie Maji, who was my favourite auntie, she's lovely, um, <laughs> got them for me, probably against my parents' wishes, so I don't know. But then when I bought my own first pair, you know what, I'm not actually sure. I think it was when I bought them, no, I came to London, right. I went to Offspring, maybe in Camden? Yeah. And I bought a pair of, do you remember the Adidas Taekwondos? Yes. Yeah, it was a pair of them, lol. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. So out of those three, when you were able to buy your own, mm -hmm. which, were your, which one was your favourite? Um, probably the 95s, I reckon. They still a fave today? Yeah, I don't have that many pairs, you know, but yeah, probably. Okay. Probably, guys, remember this. <laughs> I just in a sweat tracksuit with them on, so yeah, I quite like them. Noted. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about how you got into your journey, mm -hmm. where you started and how you got to where you are today. Um, so it's funny because when you say it like, because I'm like, I'm not anywhere, but obviously, you know, grown up. You, you are, you passed. are, yeah, you are somewhere, <coughs> not so nowhere. I, so yeah, like I was born in Lagos, <clears throat> excuse me, I grew up in Birmingham and I went to like a girls grammar school. Everyone did like, <clears throat> sorry, dentistry, like law, like medicine, whatever. But I, I said to my mum I was going to do dentistry and I, was, and I knew I wasn't going to do it right. and I googled like fashion and business or something. I found out about buying, went to, <clears throat> sorry, so London, I have a drink. London College of Fashion, thanks, and um, did fashion management and I just did like a bunch of work experience at different places. So Fred Perry, I was at Offspring and Office for a bit, which yeah. is really fun, working with like Gassan and Luke and Laura and all of them lot. Um, and Ammon as well. And then uh, I was at Fred Perry, um, which was really great. I loved it there because like, in terms of like subcultures and like how culture and fashion intersect, Fred was actually doing amazing things in that space. Cause I came in through like um, Comme de Garçon and the stuff they were doing with DSM, but they were also doing stuff, you know, with Britpop, Northern Soul, 
Um, it was big in Japan. So it was really, <clears throat> sorry. Okay. Um, it was really, really like a really amazing place to be because they also had incredible distribution. So it was everywhere from like Dover Street, Selfridges, Lane Crawford, Gallery Lafayette, but then it was also in like Sports Direct, but they did it all really, really well. And my boss at the time, Dickie Martin, Shout out to Dickie. Um, he was so nice. He was from the Midlands as well. So yep. he kind of had a bit of a vested interest in seeing me succeed. And he was like super supportive. And also, to be quite honest, like he didn't want to do all the small stuff. So he just let me get on with it. And that's really where I kind of found I, my love for like, I guess, merchandise. Because we used to do POS um, for all of our international distributors and sales agents. So I did brand marketing and I did trade marketing and I did a bit PR. And um, so I'd do things like try and like make a tea set or we'd do a laurel wreath necklace and I'd you know, find the suppliers and it was just, it was super fun. Um, so that's when I was like, oh, actually, I think I really like product and I want to get more involved in the product side of things, not just be at the end from the marketing and kind of packaging side of it. Yeah. And I think I'd pitched a couple of collaborations. I think it was like Stussy, which they did. And then there was like, um, I wanted to do Palace and I wanted to do Supreme because the store was going to open next year. Yeah. I'd found out from like Grace or someone. And um, and it was like, they just, it, I was just like the little marketing girl, do you know what I mean? So it wasn't, so I was like, okay, let me go and like prove my chops in product. So I went to Topshop, which at the time was very cool. Obviously now it barely exists. Does um, it even exist? I think, isn't yeah, it Yeah, it does. ASOS bought it. Right. Yeah, it there does. <laughs> um, so I went and did jeans over there and a lot of my friends and family, I took a pay cut. It was like, do you know what? It's really weird actually looking back how, like now all of the steps make sense, but at the time it was a very odd thing to do because yeah. it was like awful money, going to be a buying assistant. I don't know how many, oh, hello, you've been a BA. Oh my God, I worked with Dina at Topshop. Sorry, I didn't even realize it was you, hey. Friends. Um, but it was like, <laughs> you know, why? It was a bit of a weird thing, but I was super excited about it. And I was, I've always been quite a geek. I uh, did a big swat. I was very excited to go in and pitch my ideas and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so being on denim and jeans, it was like volume. So it was money, cash. It was really good foundation in learning how the kind of business side of fashion works. Mm -hmm. Like how you take an idea from kind of concept to consumer all the way through working with suppliers, working with designers, sourcing fabrics, negotiating prices, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, that was like an interesting time. Did the Joni jean, which is still their best selling item of all time, which is my favorite fun fact. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a really interesting place to be. It was fun. I met a lot of like some of my best friends there, but obviously working under PG was not ideal. Um, so went to ASOS and I was doing ASOS White, which was their kind of premium kind of cos and other stories kind of adjacencies. Yeah. And um, you know, it was, I had a buyer, it was fine. I was learning a lot about how to start a sort of collection from scratch. Um, and then she bought a mat leave and then it was great because they let me do what I wanted. <laughs> it was great. Um, so I did a bunch of sneaker collabs um, because I'd always been into sneakers and I really was just like, okay, cool. Like I did the whole pitch in this, I was a buying assistant. I did this whole pitch in one of our um, buying strategy meetings. So we have all of the directors buying and merchandising directors. And my buyer didn't really mind, so I was like, oh, can I do my little presentation? Yeah. 
and I'd like looked at all the sales of like I think at the time when I was there I think New Balance was actually our number one selling like brand which probably okay. is like come back again I guess yes um, and so yeah they um, so I was like oh we're doing this rate of sale let's do this collab and actually John from Foot Patrols like one of my best 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 friends um, shout out yeah shout out to him <laughs> um, so he had done they'd done their first collaboration with Lecoq Sportive mm -hmm. on I think it was the macaroon pack maybe so anyway he kindly introduced me to Mark and the guys and so we I did um, uh, two shoes with Lecoq Sportive we did the flash in holographic yeah. and for me that's materials is always my thing with sneaker collabs like it just yeah I think because I've worked in clothing product development for me like a colorway and stuff is cool obviously mm -hmm. but to be able to put an interesting fabric that people hadn't necessarily expected to be on a shoe especially a quote quote women's shoe yeah that's always exciting to me so did the flash and then we did the eclat with like pony hair navy I wanted it to be ombre but production issues um, <laughs> and that's when I learned how long it is to do product development on sneakers <laughs> 18 months that was but anyway they sold out in like half a day and that was like god 2014 I think not that 2014 long ago. 2015 but you know I think with the the women's sneaker thing was not what it is today I guess but yeah. actually a lot of dudes bought it it was just a, for me it's like just making a good product right and so whoever it appeals to is great obviously the size runs give limitations but yeah. yeah so we did that we did Sokoni we did uh or Sokoni I never know the correct way to pronounce it and then we did Reebok which was awesome great like you know it's kind of bucket list stuff really and then you know I did a bunch of other collabs there working with Sharma Dean who's now founder of the stack we did War X ASOS so we did like a Princess Diver's very fly collection which mm -hmm. was amazing it was everything from tailoring to varsity jackets and Again, like working with, for me, that's I think where I discovered my work, my love of just working with creatives and also just taking something from a concept to product and kind of making sure you tell the story to the people that you're envisaging are going to be excited about it. Um, so yeah, it was like, yeah, they let me do like loads of really fun stuff basically. And it was at that time at ASOS, I think definitely was like the blueprint for everything that I'm doing now in many ways. Right. And also I think so much of what I did there came from like sneaker and streetwear culture because like I grew up being on like FUK slash threads and all of these other like Super Future and Nike Talk, etc. But that kind of collaboration could make enough so it sells out. Yep. Like you snooze, you lose. Like that was kind of built into me. So mm. it just was kind of natural that I would take that into the work that I did, even if it was a kind of more mass retail environment that just was what came naturally to me i suppose okay yeah i mean that that's a lot sorry yeah that was quite a ramble <laughs> i'm sorry no i just i'm quite passionate no i got that <laughs> and we're here to take it in i'm still processing so um let me just process that um so out of that period of time in your life mm -hmm. which would you say is the highlight and the low light of that. So many low lights. Um, <laughs> just one, one's enough, one's enough, just could spare um, us. I think I'll say the low lights first and then we can end on a high. Yeah. Uh, low lights, I think, you know, I think growing up, like coming into fashion and not being for money and not have, or like living in London or having my family here. Yeah. So trying to support yourself when you're on such a terrible wage and also the kind of weird cognitive dissonance of like, seeing how much money you're taking or making for the business yep. through SKUs you've developed or whatever 
or traded or seen an opportunity mm -hmm. and then you go in to be like oh um can i have a, a bit of a pay rise please because like I, I didn't actually eat last week yeah um, it's like oh no absolutely not <laughs> but it's like but can you get us better margins with the suppliers and it's like do you know what I mean? it makes you really kind of i think for me that's really when i started experiencing like anxiety and depression and just it was really quite a weird place to be because it was like doing the best with all the work that I'd wanted to do, like this dream of coming to London and working with product and yeah. brands, but then also being like, oh shit, like what is my actual work? Mm. So that's probably a low light in term, but you know, obviously character building, etc. Yeah. Um, and then the <laughs> highlights, I think all of the amazing people that I've gotten to work with, and I think as well, like working with creators, you know, I've worked with a lot of designers, you work with brand owners, you work with influencers, whatever. And I think, I'm quite used to working to, with different types of people and personalities. Sometimes it's less enjoyable because you're frustrated, but I think whenever the product comes out and it is like, you've not really had to compromise that much and it's almost better than you even imagined it. And then you see those like the sales or you see someone wearing it in the street or yeah. you see someone tweeting about it and just like loving it. That for me is like my favorite thing. And also when like I get messages or DMs from people who are like, I did uh, Ralph Lauren collab at Browns. I got DMs from some real like polo head, like low life, low heads, whatever. Say, oh my God, this is like the best Ralph collab I've seen. But it's like, I'm, I've developed it for them. Like, so for them to give that feedback who yeah. know, that's like kind of my favorite thing. And then also people like young black girls or whatever, who either didn't know about buying or want to get into the space, who get in touch with me. That's my other favorite thing because again, like, I didn't really have anyone to look to. So if I can be anything to, or help anyone in that way, then I always want to do that. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm just taking that in again. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. I mean, that, that is a lot. And you've still got so much more to do because your work is not over yet. No. <laughs> no pressure, Lola. Just remember this, you've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, exactly. So let's look back on communities. Mm -hmm that we are connected with mm -hmm. in one way or another. Shout out to Crooked Tongues, by the way. Yeah. Because again, most of us have been in that space. Yeah, barbecues, great times. Alcohol, music, yeah. Nando's. Yeah. The flying Nando's was the it one. It was so good. It, it was, was terrible so though. Yeah, because did like not a lot of people get food and people were fuming. Well, there was that, but then it is the point where people weren't civilised. Yeah, yeah. When and the it had to literally have yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. You had to throw it. It was wild. Yeah, you'd be like, <laughs> catch it! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why you arrive early and then stay That's in the corner. That's where COVID originated, no. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Um, do you feel that communities from back then play an influence? an influential part to what they are to now. Because, yeah. I, I mean, the community situation is completely different for me. I think I always, like, whenever I'm talking to brands or whatever, they always talk about community, da, 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 and sometimes it makes me feel really like, oh, because I'm like, oh, you know, I'm in a commercial space. Like, mm -hmm. I don't ever, I don't want to be inauthentic and be like, oh, community this, community that. Yeah. When it's like, oh, no, I'm talking to you about a product that's going to make you a margin and whatever. But I literally did looked up in the dictionary, what community meant, and it was like a group of people, well, one of the definitions was a group of people with shared interests or experiences or whatever. Yeah. So that was like, that's easier, that sits easier with me. Um, but I think those communities from back in the day, CT, Nike Talk, Super Future, Threads, whatever, 
Um, definitely. And even like, I was thinking about this with size. Like mm. I was at home with my little brother and his two of his mates who were hopefully working on a project together. And it's these two, like amazing two young girls. One of them is like a dancer and like um, choreographer. And then the other one does um, production and like direct, um, like direction and stuff like you. Mm. And I was like, wow, like I worked at size when I was like 17 with John was my manager. And then with like David Morris, who's not like buyer manager at Mr. Porter. Yep. And then uh, Marcus, who's like a buyer at Hip and Leeds. And then like, who else was there? Like, the, it's just crazy how everyone's kind of spread into these p other positions in the fashion industry yep. now. So I definitely think those communities from back then, obviously, you know, Mubby's moved to Reebok, it was at SNS. Like, yes. there's so many, like, yeah, everyone's now gone from being, it used to be this kind of weird hobby thing that mm -hmm. we used to have to sort of congregate on the internet in forums yep. to do. And even when I moved to London, it was like, I can't work in sneakers and streetwear, so I'm going to have to get a job at Topshop or whatever. And so to see it now be basically popular culture and mass consumerism and whatever is like, I, can't, I guess kind of inevitable, but also, yeah, that, those communities that at the time were like weird and on the side are now, yes. you know, so influential. And I also think like we see it, there's new iterations. So Discord, you know, Telegram, like it's just a new version of that that same thing of people wanting to be part of something and you know get excited about product and you know feel like they're a part of something and have people that understand them i guess yeah i mean that's definitely a great way to put it <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah as you said everything that you just said for me i i find it challenging obviously mm. because um I have a disability, so there's certain things I can't actively do mm. in order to do queuing up for raffles, queuing up for hours. It's just not feasible, mm -hmm. and there's nothing in place for that. Mm. So you actually exclude members of the community in that kind of respect. Mm -hmm. So this is why I'm a bit torn with it. I think that's where actually, I'm going to start talking about NFTs because I'm obsessed, but... Um, that's fine, we will get in there anyway. But where, <laughs> but where things like NFTs and like whitelisting and discords yeah. kind of actually make things more accessible to people with different abilities, mm -hmm. because it is about like, are you active in the discord? Are you like, oh, I love this artist, so I love this. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's ways that community managers in those spaces try and I guess make things quote unquote fairer or be like actually you know you are super committed and you've like volunteered to do this thing and help in this community so yeah. absolutely you get this whitelist for this NFT or for this product and so I think definitely um, even just metaverse generally I feel like the concept of having avatars or being able to be online in a decentralized space or whatever again I think is offers more accessibility than like you say you know going and having to queue up for something which means that you can walk there and feel and do you know what I mean? like all yeah. the things that you've experienced so you know hopefully even though people there's a lot of sort of naysayers about stuff which there always are about any sort of new Absolutely. technology or new space hopefully you know I hadn't even thought about it really like that but it is definitely because no one does yeah that's the thing but it's a big it's a big thing absolutely yeah. I live it yeah every day so you know so um yeah it's just I still need to find that balance. Mm. So I might What just... is it that about the current community or like you meant Now she's asking me questions. Oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Let's let's two What would you like to see happen more so that someone like you can, you know, 
get what you want out of the community or the space or whatever or feel like you're getting back well, what you put in? As, as they say, everybody kind of knows each other in the community, mm. which is not entirely true because you don't. No. So me telling you my truth, you know. So there's ways for you to navigate that if there is a list in place. You might want to say, the list opens at this time, come at this time, mm -hmm. because public transport and the rest of it have to navigate. It's mm. a challenge. I feel like it's I feel like it's really great to hear you because I feel like the brand, this is something the brands I think who are always going on about community blah 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 but I feel like this is something that they maybe need to hear because I don't know that they're looking at it. I know I've, I've started. Okay. I've started even when you've got <laughs> you've got sneaker app day. You want people to run around the whole of London. Mm. I can't do that. Mm. I physically can't do that. So again I'm excluded. Yeah. Well, I feel like they should be literally be talking to you to find out like what they can do. Like that's, I feel like this is a big deal. It needs to be, yeah. Well, as Lola said it, I need to talk more. So, you know, let's see what happens. Right after. <laughs> yeah, we'll, right. we'll exchange more details on that. <laughs> now back to you. That okay. was a nice segue. <laughs> so last year you became CVO and, wow. and founder. We had this thing about titles. Yeah. I changed it from CEO to CV. I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore. <laughs> but yes, you became the founder of Wonder. Yeah. Can you tell us why you started, how it came to be, and what is next? So I started my business because I've worked in fashion, retail, marketing, PR. All of it. Product development, <laughs> loads of different things, yeah. magazines. Uh, and I, I've actually, I love my work and I love... I like people, I like products, that's basically the thing. But it was, I think I was quite, I always knew I wanted to start my own thing. Well, not always, actually, that's not true. Uh, I listened to the Startup Podcast when I was a BA walking to work at ASOS because I had no money. And it was Alex Bloomberg, he was a um, journalist for NPR, he did Planet Money, and he was starting his own podcasting network and he was just documenting the journey. And that was the first time I'd ever heard like a real kind of stark day-to-day this is what it's like to start a business. But I was like, oh my gosh, he's like a nice guy. He's like quite introverted and shy like me. Mm. And he just has this like talent and passion and he has this vision for something. So he's just, just going to do it. And you could hear him like chatting to his wife about like, you know, oh, I'm going to pitch this person and like him doing pitches and then being awful and then getting better. And, but it was really like enlightening. And I think that definitely planted a seed that like, oh, he's not got two heads or whatever. It's like our parents say. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, maybe I could do something like that. But yeah. working at ASOS was great to a degree, but then it's like, okay, so it's all these like amazing women and like whatever people running around, like making all this money, like trading, like investment bankers or whatever, but obviously mm. the remuneration was shocking. Uh, and the promotional path, like I'd been re really fortunate in some ways, but like I'd see a lot of my friends or colleagues or go into the like, sample cupboard and there'd always be like someone crying and you know me being like Jesus. oh my gosh you know are you all right or whatever yeah. and it's just like you know you look up at the c-suite and i think at one point the only woman that was in the c-suite left so there's there's no women in the c-suite and just forget about like black or brown people just just put no that women. to bed absolutely and okay. so that was like i don't know it's just a bit like the math is not mathing this is odd um and obviously through supply chain you've got black and brown people but then you come, you know, the higher you get, the whiter it gets. Yeah. The more white 
cishet malegets as well. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a bit weird to me, a bit jarring. And I also hated the fact that all these people were super upset. And I was like, oh, I wish that we just had like, there's a great place we could all go and work in like this utopia of like, you know, re fair remuneration. And like, we can just do that. Cause everyone pretty much loved their jobs. Yeah. It was just all the other BS around it. Mm. And then um, I, when I went, when I left, I was doing consultancy and I actually ended up going to Brown's because I'd interviewed for a different job. But then they were like, actually, we'd like you to do the collab thing that you've been doing at ASOS. We feel like that's going to give us a USP, whatever. So, and that for me was great because I met these lovely people here. Hi, people. Um, <laughs> and also I learned a lot because a lot of the models that I'd been doing at ASOS still applied. Right. Like, um, and that was really great and interesting. But again, it was like, when you think about luxury fashion, streetwear, whatever, sportswear, sneakers, you know, on the kind of front end and demand generation, you see black people, right? Rappers, mm -hmm. whatever. But, you know, being in these showrooms, like, I mean, Tanika was the, the black buyer, which was one of the best days of my life to come, <laughs> come into shout an office out, and be like, out. oh my God, <laughs> this is incredible. Um, and it was, but for me, that experience of like actually being able to work with another black girl, yeah. like it was honestly life changing for me. And it sounds really sad, but that's the reality, right? In these spaces, there's just not a lot of us. Yeah. And we add like seasoning and like, you know, diverse Yet. perspectives, Flavor. not just like for, like in a kumbaya way, just like we're going to make different selections or look at a broader audience base because that's we just have different experiences. And I think for me, that was one of the again, kind of compounded my thing of like, OK, if I'm doing something, it needs to be something that I feel represents the communities that I authentically feel a part of, which is, you know, I guess a woman in fashion and a, a black person in fashion or the creative space or and um or just like underrepresented i guess communities in those spaces well that goes on to my next point mm. of how do you help and progress unrepresented and so this is the thing that's really i think interesting as like a startup yeah founder so you know for me i was like okay look at the businesses because i didn't want to have a lifestyle business mm -hmm. like at the moment it's kind of lifestyle -y, but um I wanted to do something that had bigger impact and I thought about the places that I'd worked and it's like I'd managed to make an impact in places that have quite a lot of systems and whatever and it's like okay I managed to navigate those so I need to build something that's going to be scale so yeah. that's where I just looked at like okay who's built scale businesses how did ASOS do it how did Net-a-Porter do it how did whatever so that my vision was like that kind of big so that was why I decided to like go out and seek investment and like raise money and do it kind of that way. Um, but in terms of like supporting, you know, underrepresented, like I know black women or um, or just women generally, I think that's where for me I need to get to it. Like that's why I have to build it big, basically, because yeah. it's like if I want to say, okay, the industry underpays people, mm -hmm. and this is where it's really sometimes quite hard as a startup founder. Sometimes I want to hire people, but I'm like, I could hire you as an intern, but I don't want to not pay my interns. Yeah. But then it's like, am I not letting you have an opportunity that would really benefit you in the long? So do you know, like yeah. those are the things that I feel like I really deal with every day. I'm like, oh, like. I'm over here trying to do the right thing, but is it the right thing? Am I, do you know what I mean? It's very, yeah. it is the value, our values are really about like, obviously like all stakeholders, you know, being listened to or like 
getting a kind of fair deal. That's a big thing for me. So any time, and like all of our projects, I'm always like joy through the process because so often I've worked at places and it's like you're killing yourself for this like product or for this launch or this outcome and everyone is just miserable and just like, you know, and the thing, the thing launches and you don't even have the time to, to stop and be like, oh my God, well done everyone. Like yeah. smashed it, like amazing. Let's go out for a drink or whatever. Or like well done and like, you just don't have, you just keep moving and you don't. And I think that's something that just women do just generally anyway. I think a lot of the time we just keep going, keep going, keep going. Well, not just women, but I'm just, I'm a woman, so that's what I'm gonna say. Um, and so, you know, it's stuff like that where I'm just trying to be a, a decent person in everything that I do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And not just be like, oh, well, it's work. And to be professional means to just be, to be a dick to most people, which I feel like sometimes people seem to conf confuse that professionalism, whatever yeah. that means. To me, it's like getting the job done and treating people decently on the way. But a lot of people, I think, have this kind of 80s kind of mindset about like, you know, sacrifice and like, yeah. I did this to get here. So you've you got to do it. It's like, yeah. can we throw the ladder down? Or like, it's actually like, we don't need to be so like Victorian about this. It's actually fine. Like we have the internet now, like, don't worry. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I want to, for me, I want to grow the business and make it as successful as I can so that I can be an example of what is possible. Yeah. Because I feel like when a lot of, when new businesses kind of come in, a lot of the incumbents start looking at, oh, if they're performing well, they're like, what are they doing? So then yeah. hopefully some of these nicer practices will rub off and have this sort of wider effect, I suppose. But again, like we're a long way from where I want us to be, but yeah, trying in it. You're still, you know, you're starting. Your audience will support you. Oh, no, no pressure, guys. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that's why we're here, because it is important to tell this story of Lola. Oh God. <laughs> Not the whole story, just fractions. <laughs> but you know, right. we get to know what the journey is mm. and was and what it's soon to be. Yeah. So, you know. And I, do you know what? I actually really appreciate this space and you doing this as well, because I, like one of my things, and when I was talking about startup and when I did my first pitch deck, it was really about like, oh, actually I wanna have more behind the scenes and be able to share the journey because I feel like so many of us, when we see quote unquote like successes or yeah. successful people, it's always like, Forbes 30 under 30 or like, you know, a really nice quaff like front cover of a magazine or whatever, mm. but you know, so much struggle or angst or like so many people supported them on that way. And I feel like, you know, it's kind of showing people behind the scenes just means that more people will be like, oh, okay. I like, I like show, like helping people pattern stuff up, A. Yeah. And then B, I feel like just showing people that like, it's a journey, do you know what I mean? It's not, and I think destination like, obsession is so real for so many of us. And I think that's why so many people feel discontent and dissatisfied. But I think just sharing the kind of highs and lows and the bumps is a really important thing to do so that we all just are like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Reality check. Mm. That's, that's the main consensus. But, word, you know, there's a part in your FFF, which you did last year for me, mm -hmm. that you mentioned about asking for help. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell us how that is for you, because uh, it can be challenging for most people to ask for help. I am know. not great with it. I'm trying to get better mm. because, but do you know what it is? Sometimes it's like, I'm trying, like, when I do, and I'm like, you've not done this in the way that I wanted, so I should have just done it myself. So it's, <laughs> it's like a learning curve. I'm trying to be better because you can't, like, you know, what's it? If you want to go, 
fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together or something, whatever, yeah. something like that. Um, and that's the thing, you know, I'm trying to go far and I'm trying to take as many people or give as many people opportunities as I can with me. So I think it is, it is a tough one because it is a lot of the time people chat but they don't actually know what they're talking about that's the other thing so Absolutely. for me, <laughs> for me i'm like now i'm just like actually if i want some help or advice on something i'm like let me go to someone who i feel like has kind of done it yeah and at least then that way i have i'm like okay cool whether i choose to take it or not and then also like i think talking is so important and i i'm quite bad at it in the sense that like i sometimes feel like i shouldn't share like hard things with people because I don't want them to think I can't cope or I don't want them to um, feel like burdened but you yeah. know friends family people like like they want to help and it's actually even when I was starting wonder like it was during lockdown when I was like working on a pitch deck and I was talking to a bunch of brands and like you know some of the like some of my mates who work at amazing big brands were literally like I showed them work in progress deck and they were like oh my god this is so sick like this is what the industry needs like and the the amount of support yeah just by like kind of sharing something that was in work it was like okay cool like that was yes validation but also like people want to help yeah. like it's not you're not burdening people by mm. sharing and a lot of the time people are actually quite um flattered as well to that you you know that you've asked yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah i definitely think you know i it's good to talk bt and all that you say that, and then when I try and get a phone call, it's... With me? Yeah, it's just like... Oh, my phone's always on Do Not Disturb, dear. <laughs> Did you try calling today? <laughs> Again, I, I feel that a lot of you can um, relate to that. Um, so, yeah. But, again, love always. So, <laughs> what is next for Lola and Wanda? What, do, um, what can we expect? So, this year, so we're doing um, some stuff with Metaverse Fashion Week. I'm obsessed with Web3. I feel like it's really exciting to be... Um, I mean, we've gone through so many technological revolutions mm -hmm. in our like short lifespan, I guess. Yeah. Um, compared to, you know, previous generations or well, in previous centuries. And um, so, you know, the decentralized web and like this kind of, I think it's an opportunity for different marginalized communities to really be able to make their mark and be able to, you know, it's low barriers to entry, you know, things like creating NFTs or starting a Discord or a Telegram, you know, it's quite cheap to do, obviously. And I think um, I think there's loads of uses that people haven't um, really seen or fully explored. We were talking earlier about um, Lucy Thorpe's new article with, is it Steph? Stephanie and, Howard, and State, yeah. 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 Um, and what they're doing with NFTs. And again, it's like, it's so nice to see like women and like just sort of testing this new opportunities out so web3 is a big one so metaverse fashion week which i can't believe is the real thing what a time <laughs> to be alive um, and uh so yeah we've got some collaborations coming up we're working with Aliyah's estate um we've been working on it for a while actually so that would be great i'm really excited about that i'm a big Aaliyah fan as am i so you best oh bring me in on I this see you darling Don't yes worry. darling please um, please again witnesses yeah it's art <laughs> and lifestyle and clothing as well yeah um, so yeah i was meant to wear a shirt today but i was running late and um what else we've we got coming up uh, we've got some really great collaborations that we're working on with um some people nearby um and can, we can, also can you say can you say or i don't know if i can say NDAs. i'm not gonna say i don't want to get told off okay so um, no, no ndas have been signed at this time okay <laughs> good stuff and what else have we got on yeah just like yeah a bunch of nft projects we're working on something really exciting with um a big luxury retailer 
um, which is hopefully, I feel like it's going to be like a culture shifting moment. Okay. It's like an iconic, like, black culture item that is going to be reimagined in various ways. So that's, for me, uh, so basically I've come up with these, like, signature collab franchises because right. I love collabs and I like doing things that people can come back and remember. Yes. So, yeah, that's going to be good. So, yeah, we've got some really exciting launches. We're just working on the app and um, the platform development as well, mm -hmm. which has been a real learning curve because I've always, like, I used to code when I was a kid and I thought it was really fun and cool, but I decided to go down the fashion route, so it's really nice to be able to merge those two worlds together. Yeah. Um, and the whole, like, NFTs and twinning thing, for me, I'm so, blockchain and, like, just, yeah, at new value for consumers through sort of blockchain and Web3 and, yeah, owning that kind of space. Or, like, I feel like what Natalie Massonet did with Web2 and um, e-commerce and luxury, I'll, hopefully we can have, like, a bit of impact for Web3 for, in the same way and kind of show people how you can connect the worlds of fashion and NFTs and stuff together. Yeah, I've got. A, I've also coined a term. I don't know if I should say it because I don't. Should I say it on here so that it's recorded that I? Yeah, there's evidence, and again, you've got witnesses. Yeah, so I've come up with this new term. <laughs> yeah, it's called three commerce. You get it? Web three and e-commerce together. Okay, right. Well, I think it's brilliant. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's brilliant because she said so, guys. You've got okay. To have conviction. If I don't have conviction. What do yeah, I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Thank you. Yeah. Thank Woo! you. Okay. Goodness. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. That's it. That's what's coming up. Okay, I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, probably. It's not, it's not little things. Do you know what? When you say it like that, it's not... Because I feel like... I'm, I always feel like I'm never doing enough and I always feel like, oh, come on, Lola. So thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to take that. That's what Good. I'm trying to do. Take to it. Be better at. Ferment it. Thanks, love. In the heart. <laughs> Over to the audience. Any audience questions? Don't be scared. You're amongst friends. I, well, I know. I already know there's one in the front, so go ahead. No, you start. Go on. Oh my God! Come on! She's not allowed to. No, she, you can't ban her from asking a question. <laughs> no, no questions. Don't be scared, guys. You have spoken before. Hi, Drew. Yeah. Am I allowed? To? Oh yes, Drew is allowed to. Um, since all the kind of movements from marginalised people, i.e., BLM, all that stuff, and we've seen how a lot of luxury fashion has kind of, in, like, kind of get in the way of that and stand up for the, 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 the minorities. Do you feel that there's been a change in the industry? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> snorting. Um, do I think there's been a change in the industry? No, not really. I think, do you know what? I think that black people that were already in the space and in spaces like editorial and stuff, I guess, are, like, allowed to do, like, more black people stuff, like, in terms of, you know, casting and whatever. I think in terms of the day-to-day -day and the things that, like, trade jobs and things like that, I think less yeah. so. But also, I remember, like, when BLM in um, 2020 June, I remember, like, I did a little IGTV video thing, but I was like, to be honest with you, because the fashion industry can be so exploitative and overworks and underpays, do I want more of my brothers and sisters? in the space, do you know what I mean? Mm. And I think what's really good is that now we're in this time of like the creator economy and stuff, that people can kind of make their own path in fashion. They don't have to go to their gatekeepers and be like, oh, can I have a job? Can I intern for like five years for no money? And then like you make like wear me out and make, you know, I'd end up working somewhere else anyway because I'm just like, I can't take it anymore. I think there's so many different routes to be able to explore career in fashion. I want 
and you know, I'll, I want people from marginalised communities to live their best lives. That's what I want. So I think even if fashion, the industry hasn't done a lot, I feel like with our industry as well, everything tends to be a trend. They don't see, you know, it's not a thing of like, oh, if I say, if a brand says they're about something, they're about it. I felt like very few brands do that. I feel like Nike kind of do and some others do, but a lot of the time it's just the tagline and then it's like, what's the next thing? Is it sustainability? Is it women's history? Months or whatever, like no shade. <laughs> Thanks, but, Lola. No, I'm, I'm just to illustrate like, you know, to make lasting change, you have to have different attitudes and you yeah. need to have different decision makers. And that's again why like I started my business because I'm like, I it's like I looked at when they did that whole a lot of them did a big call on Zoom or whatever during lockdown or whatever about state of fashion and like markdowns. And I was like, it was all like a big surprise to them. And it's like, but you're the decision makers. You've been the ones that have been making these decisions and implementing them in mm. the past. So it's like you know, all of those things as well went straight to nothing like, do you know what I mean? Like promos are back in a big way. Um, <laughs> so I think, you know, it's one of those things where you want those leaders to, and the fashion industry, whatever's to, to be the ones to implement change and they could do it a lot quicker, but yeah, I just, I just don't think it, if it doesn't benefit most people, if they don't see an, an immediate benefit to themselves or if there's no quota that they have to sign to get a promotion or whatever, same with like management in retail, they treat people badly because they don't, it doesn't matter if they treat someone nicely or not, if they get someone promoted or not, because there's no upside to them. So yeah. kind of, yeah, no, basically is the answer. <laughs> Long way to go about it, but yeah. <laughs> any more for any more? Oh, hey, everyone's shy. It was like, I swear, you've all got mouths. Come on. Come there, on. There, look, there's Mr. John over there. Oh, that's such a good question. I'm glad I left it out on purpose. Uh, <laughs> probably <laughs> Chanel and Nike. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm. Why? Chanel's just Chanel, isn't it? It's like, it's just the best. It's amazing. Okay, clearly a little um, And uh, Leah, I'm already doing, that's fine. And then Nike's just Nike, because you can do, like, there's so many amazing silhouettes. You can do Jordan, you can, like, It'd just be the dream. And I feel like they've not done enough women's co collaborations. Like, obviously, we've had Aleli, we've had um, Vashti. Mm. Uh, they've got a few of the ones going, but I feel like I, I know as well I can do, like, like just a, not just one, like, loads. And yeah. they'll be amazing, all of them. Of course. <laughs> You've already started. Why do so, just keep going? That, looking straight into the camera. Yeah. <laughs> that too. But mine's over there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That whole time, there is, you know. No, oh wow, sorry, yeah. I should have been moving my head. No, no you don't have to. Well, one's focused on you, one's focused on me. Oh, okay. That's why I'm there's glad. an edit in place. Okay. So, you know. <clears throat> Any more questions? Guys, you're really killing me here. <laughs> Paula? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Call out your people. Uh, Call out your people, because I don't know anymore. I don't know what to do. Uh, no. No, no questions. No, no questions. Um, Oh. <laughs> he he's good for questions right. and he's and he's and he's camera. Um, <laughs> do you think that NFTs have a restricted nature with the amount of money that they actually cost? Like the Ethereum that you have to pay. Like gas fees and stuff. Is crazy. <laughs> I think yeah, but I feel like the early stage of any new technology or whatever, we're gonna have these kind of limitations. I feel like compared to freaking, you know, I feel like from an artist and creator standpoint and someone compared to freaking getting your 
artwork into a gallery and getting an art dealer and whatever, do you know what I mean? Like, relatively, it's like piddling. Um, so I feel like there's still far lower barriers to entry than a lot of traditional sort of gate-kept ways of creating and putting your work out there. I think also things like Polygon, and there's like a lot of the, I think there's so much investment in the space and everyone wants it to, I think even the term Web3 is almost like marketing so that we can all collectively be like, okay, blockchain, crypto, NFT, now as a, I guess the world or whatever, we are, it's like a commitment to moving forward in the space. So I feel like there's gonna be a lot more sort of initiatives to lower gas fees and things like and you know obviously there's the whole carbon footprint things but i think even when you think about how much i'm really obsessed with twinning and the idea of kind of pre-order 2.0 where you have an nft and then you get other potentially physical or other utility with it but it's like compared to just like making loads of stuff and hoping people buy it and all of the stuff all of the different processes that go into that and then markdown and the whole sort of devaluing of fashion the fact that people will pay more for a digital collectible that you can't necessarily touch and feel than they will for a garment that's had you know 20 odd plus hands on it is like a really interesting concept to me I, I don't even try and judge it because i feel like if that's the way it is how can we use that to kind of reinvent what fashion means and what the value of an item might be and how you kind of i don't know how that value can go through time and how when it's exchanged from different hands and verification and authenticity. There's so much blockchain can do, I feel like, to solve fashion problems. I'm super passionate about this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can never tell, to be fair. <laughs> OK. Yeah. Gentleman at the back. So this is a mentoring slash skills question, right? So what would you tell the young you or the young ladies, the young boys that want to follow this path? Words of wisdom. Oh God, I don't know if I can give words of wisdom. I can tell you what I would tell. <laughs> just words, just words will just do. Words. Just like, words, thank yeah. You. Words. <laughs> um, I think from young me, I would definitely be like, you need to believe in yourself more. I feel like it took me a long time to understand like my worth and my value. And I think the fashion system can really actually compound that. And I, that's another reason why sometimes I'm less than enthused about like, recommending young brothers and sisters or whatever not my actual brother he does work in fashion but um, <laughs> to go into the space in the way in the route that i took which was like interning which is like it normalizes not getting paid for so long that you just like it becomes like you start having this kind of lack mentality or like oh is am i worth whatever um so i think i definitely say like value yourself and also now with all the tools you have TikTok insta whatever like create however you want to create and like you know monetize it in your own way um and i also think that um yeah just like re believe in yourself and also i feel like just be kind and yeah be kind is a, a, another one for me um because you never know what people are going through and you know i guess talk ask for help like we were saying earlier yeah those are the things i think and also just like um Pitch your ideas. Oh, that's what I did to like the departments and the um, the jobs that I had. Most of them actually didn't exist. Um, so I do like a deck. So get good at, <laughs> get good at making decks. <laughs> that's what I would say. Okay. Yeah. Well, since nobody has anything else to ask you. <sighs> oh, oh, oh! Now, now somebody hey. wants to talk. Hey, hey, I'm really friends. I feel like I need to 
It doesn't matter. <laughs> There's other people who are going to watch this and find out more. So continue. So, um, obviously, Wanda has really good ethics, but how do you think you will find it when you're perhaps partnering or with brands or companies who are important to the culture, but perhaps their ethics don't align with yours? And how do you think you'll deal with that, or have you even thought about that yet? I think that it's such a good question because it is like you're trying to build a business and like obviously make money and like grow your resources so that we could do things like our way the wonder way you know maybe more ethically or whatever but i think one i, I, I guess most of the time i've had some hard conversations with some big brands about certain things in terms of like strategy or go to market or whatever and like i guess it's i think i it is, a, it is a tough one, but I also think working in big organisations where a lot of the time the way they move is nuts, I always have just tried to protect my people. So that's the thing if, like, it's just, I guess, just try, I try and look after my, my own and then also if I'm not comfortable with something, I will say it. Um, and then if it, yeah, I guess if it crosses a the line, then it's just like, OK, we're going to have to have another conversation. But I, honestly, I feel like a lot of time, I think... I guess that's where the kind of post BLM June 2020 is like, I don't know, you do still hear ignorant comments and stuff, but I feel like certain brands and people are a bit more aware of like not being completely dickish about things, I guess. But it is a, it is a tough one, I think. When you, especially when you're growing, I feel like I just want to get to that point of critical mass where it's like we'd say, I say no to a lot of things, probably not enough to be honest um but where we can just be like this is how we work our way or the highway subscribe to this or like cool like let us know when you will yeah okay thanks Bean. thank you for your question <laughs> okay so i'm gonna wrap this up because everybody's scared but before before we go lola tell us one fun fact about you that most of us don't know uh, me my mom and my brother have rhyming, rhyming names I'm Lola or Lala, that's Bola. Yeah. I'm my mum's Bola. Okay. I didn't know that. So thank you for that fact. You're welcome. Lola, it's been a pleasure speaking with <laughs> it's you been this such evening. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me and asking me. I really appreciate it. It's been well, really fun. Well, we've, we've, we've had this on the cards for a while. Yeah. So, you know. Thank you, though. I, I really appreciate it. And honestly, the work that you do is incredible. Behave yourself. Incredible scenes. Behave yourself. <laughs> trying. Just to You're doing. Highlight You're winning. All all you fabulous women that don't get their shine enough. Oh, thank you. But we appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> and now you can go to the bar. Thank you. It's time for wine. Thanks, everyone, for coming. Appreciate you guys. Cheers.